0: And gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and with me are two members of the Monorail family. To my right is Garrett, and across the table from me is
1: Sam.
0: Yeah, how's everybody doing tonight? Feeling good?
1: Yep, (laughs) we're
0: we're recording on a Sunday. We spent the day at a water park, we're all sunburnt and tired. And I'm hoping that we can power through this episode with a good amount of energy and make it fun and entertaining for everybody.
1: We're fine. So,
0: all right. Today, as you listen to this, it is July the 9th, and this is episode number 12 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. One of the things we didn't do last week, we didn't do a July preview. We're now already over a week into July, and we're going to do it now. Okay. So here it is. It's hot, it's crowded, and there's going to be a storm. Every single day. That's your July preview for the Walt Disney World Resort. I'm just kidding. No, I do have a couple of things I wanted to mention that are going on through July. Of course, the Incredible Summer event is still going on, and it will end on September 3rd. The other thing that's still going on is the Disney After Hours hard ticket event at the Magic Kingdom Park for July. Um, There's actually one today, Monday, July 9th. And then the next three are July 14th, July 21st, and July 28th. One of those days, I'm not going to say which one, is a day that will be there July 28th.
1: Wait, what's a hard ticket event? <laughs>
0: that's, that's the night where you get the access to Magic Kingdom late after hours, and it's oh. a limited crowd. It's not a special party per se, it's just late night right. Magic Kingdom. Right. We talked about it. Yes. We've considered it. We are. I will tell going you back and forth. I will tell you that if they ever do another twenty-four hour Magic Kingdom event, I'm doing it. I don't. I know you said you couldn't do it. I, I'm, I'm doing it.
1: I'm tired, and it's like eight thirty at night. Well, nine thirty.
2: <laughs> I
0: would love to be able to spend twenty-four hours in the Magic Kingdom. That would be cool. Would you be in, Garrett?
2: Yeah, because right now I'm not tired. I'm just exhausted.
0: You think you could do twenty-four hours in the Magic Kingdom and not sleep or nap? You could catch a nap on the People Mover or maybe in the Hall of Presidents. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I've think i made it 24 hours
1: normally.
0: Without before. sleeping? I'm an old man. I can't do it anymore, but I, I think for the Magic Kingdom I could pull it off.
1: I, I've, I really don't even think I would try. Yeah. I, I, I would have to take a break. I 100% think I could.
0: I think I could do it. Mm-hmm. I, I would need a lot of Joffrey's coffee. Yeah. Or well, Starbucks.
2: I just need like Mountain Dew.
0: Yeah. You'll be all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm.
2: They'll come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, went, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> it was Talladega
0: Nights. You should really see that movie scene. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the other thing that's ongoing is Disney H2O Glow Nights. Every single Thursday and Saturday from you 8... You
1: drink a lot of water and then you glow.
0: Not necessarily, because you wouldn't want to drink the water at Typhoon Lagoon. Um, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., yeah, every Thursday and Saturday at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon And I do not recommend you drink the wave pool water
1: Oh, well
0: <laughs> Yeah, um, I
2: love wave pools
0: Yes you do, you spent a lot of time in one today mm-hmm. And your cheeks tell the story
2: And uh, I, would, I would also not recommend Drinking that water Don't I, drink I saw the water. a lot of people spit in it
0: Yeah, and we were chased out of the lazy river Today for a mysterious reason See, I told you all, I am not a big fan of water parks And it's specifically for this reason I like the slides The Wave Pool. I love the Lazy River. I like the idea of the Lazy River. If I could have that thing to myself, that'd be great. Oh, that would
2: be amazing. Yeah.
0: I don't really want all those kids swimming around doing whatever kids do. Yeah, let's not even get into that. Um, The other thing I want to mention, don't forget, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party starts on August 17th.
1: It is early, but I think it gives people a chance to really, like... See what it's like there. It's kind of fun.
0: I really want to do it sometime. And I may or may not have submitted a few questions to Disney Media Relations about the upcoming Halloween party, so we'll see if I can get some information. We're talking about doing a Disney Halloween party episode, which would be pretty fun. I think so. so. We might have to bring on a special guest who's attended one and can give us some insights. So that's all the events. Let's talk refurbs really quick. So activate the refurbishment skeletons. The only thing that I'm aware of right now is Magic Kingdom, Stitch's Great Escape is still closed and may never return.
1: Are they not going to do anything with what? it? Oh, they'll do
0: something with it, but Stitch may not ever no, come back. No,
1: I loved that. Well, yeah. I, I you
2: loved You were in the right too. demographic
0: for that ride.
1: Yeah. It was
2: amazing. It was like Stitch was really there.
0: Mm-hmm. I like Stitch, too. I'm a Stitch fan. I wasn't a big fan of Stitch's Great Escape, mostly because I was a big fan of the alien extraterrestrial encounter that used to be in that spot. I, you would have freaked out about it, but it was super cool. Yeah. Especially the pre-show. You can't beat the pre-show for that one.
2: I like the Stitch one because it's like at that one point where it's like all dark and then the lights come on and Stitch is like in different Bouncing places. Bouncing all over the place. Yeah. yeah. It he was cool. burped.
0: It was cool. It was no alien extraterrestrial, but it was still pretty cool. And actually, to be honest, it's no Mission to Mars. Uh, that was there before that. I actually really liked Mission to Mars, too.
1: I never went to that. Uh, you missed
0: out. The other things that are currently closed are Liberty Square Riverboat, but it's expected to be back up July 20th. And then actually nothing uh, currently refurbing at Epcot, Hollywood Studio. Well, quote-unquote, nothing refurbing at Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. So, everything else is wide open. It's summertime. They know the crowds are coming. They can't shut stuff down. You don't want to shut down something like uh, Haunted Mansion when the crowds are there. Oh, no. <laughs> I, would th- I would literally... I would. If I didn't know ahead of time and I showed up and Haunted Mansion was closed, I would have a Disney breakdown the minute I walked onto Main Street. That would, <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> All right. So, those are the July events, refurbs, and now it's time to get into the news. Uh, just to give you a quick intro into what we're going to get into today, we got a few news items. We'll have M34D Landon returns. We'll be talking Hall of Presidents today, and then we're gonna wrap. No, don't say that.
2: <laughs> it's fine. No, it's, I, it's good. It looked I know, like real I'm people just see? first time. That's what I'm saying. I've, I actually, I know I don't want to sound like everyone else who was amazed by it, but I did think it was actual people at first.
0: Okay, well, see, that's a good preview, Garrett. I want people to listen to the. Call the President's segment because I may have said those exact words. I believed that they were real people when I was your age. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I also believed that it was boring whenever I went. <laughs> oh, of course you <laughs> I'm did. just kidding.
0: Okay, news items. Number one, overnight construction is going to impact the Magic Kingdom Entertainment on select dates in July. So this actually came from www.info.com. It was an article by Stephen Porter. I want to give credit where credit is due. On July 12th, 16th, 19th, 26th, and 30th, there's going to be some overnight concrete work that's going to impact daytime operations on the Main Street Trolley Show and the Move It, Shake It, Dance It, Play play It, Smack It, Pass It, whatever, street party in Magic Kingdom. Wow, Um, pop it. Pop it, hop it, squeeze it, twist it. Uh, So on those dates, the Trolley Show will be using the Main Street Ranch Wagon instead of the Main Street Trolley and the Move It, Shake It, Dance It, Spin It, squeeze it pull it Isn't street that a party song where it's, <laughs> it's like no,
1: stop o no
0: that's it's the um bop it thing is that what it's called the bop it
1: yeah bop it's.
0: but that'll be temporarily canceled so no moving it shaking it or dancing it or playing it that's number one number two snapchat is launching augmented reality experiences in disneyland it says disneyland and universal studios but as i read this I believe that it's going to be in the Magic Kingdom at Disney World as well. Uh, So it said, For the first time ever, Snapchat's launching AR experiences with all three major theme park operators, Disney, Universal, and Six Flags. The minions are taking Universal over, and um, then at Disney, you're actually going to be able to do things like turn yourself into Mickey and Minnie um, with the new Snapchat filters.
1: Snapchat needs something to boost them back up. It's
0: it's falling off for sure. This was a quote from Snapchat VP of Partnerships Ben (laughs) Schwerin. We love working with our partners, Disney, Universal, and Warner Brothers to create augmented reality experiences that allow our users to connect with some of their favorite characters in totally new ways. We can't wait for Snapchappers Snapchappers, to have fun with these lenses when they visit the parks. And then this was a quote from an unnamed Disney Parks spokesperson. Oh, there you go. They said, Our fans are loving the Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse Snapchat lenses, which is just one of the many ways we are using the growing popularity of mobile technology to take the guest experience to the next level. Along with offerings like the all-new Play Disney Parks app, we can't wait to use this amazing technology to connect Disney Parks guests with even more of their favorite characters and stories, The reason I bring this up, first of all, is because of the Play Disney Parks app, but also because I just feel like we're seeing a real trend in the Disney parks to moving towards a lot more connectivity and reliance on mobile technology to augment and enhance your experience in the parks.
1: Maybe they need to get cell towers in there then to help with people's uh, access to the internet.
2: They could decorate one.
0: That's right. Hide them.
2: They could have, like, stitch-climbing one.
0: Okay, so, yeah, that's one way to do it. If they put a tower in, like, put characters on it. But they could also camouflage them. Yep. You know, because they're going to, like, in the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios, the Black Spire Outpost is all these, like, I think the spires are supposed to be um, petrified trees. Those could be cell towers. Mm -hmm. Or at least Wi-Fi towers, right? Because as Kevin shared with us from his previous trip, the Wi-Fi is still not great across Disney parks. So that's one thing. But the other thing is we saw a major outage this past week of the Disney parks app and the, my Disney experience on the website that was impacting people trying to make dining reservations and fast passes. Apparently if you already had the reservations, you could still use them, but as far as trying to modify anything or make new reservations, and it was about four or five hours.
2: Oh no! That, that
0: that everything was down. The servers were down, and it and it not only impacted Disney; it was like ESPN's website and everything because they're all connected.
1: Yeah. Right. So,
0: um, so anyway, soon to be Fox. That, that's something that they need to address and make it more stable. And I don't know. I, I think the kids that are coming up these days are going to be really cool with this whole concept of it being, a, you know, a multimedia experience mm-hmm. um, in the parks. Garrett, are you? Seems pretty cool. Do you plan on downloading the Play Disney Parks app so you can play the games and stuff while we're waiting in lines? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Lines are boring. Right. Unless it's unless it's one of the interactive queues because those are really fun.
0: Yeah, and see these. I've noticed that they've got like, for example, there's a game that you can play while waiting in line for Slinky Dog, and there's going to be a game you can play waiting in line for Toy Story Mania.
2: The Slinky Dog one. The Slinky dog one would really help
0: (laughs) it would but hey update from uh from our previous complaints of how long the toy story line the toy story land lines were looking um when we looked from opening day in the first couple of days it looks like it's leveled off quite a bit
1: yeah yeah hopefully uh hopefully it won't be so bad when we get there
0: yeah i mean we were looking at lines that at least they were posting time wait times of like 300 minutes Mm -hmm. um and now when we check what we've been seeing is like 60 to 90, which that's is totally normal. It's not like... I was a little concerned it was going to be like Flight of Passage or uh, Frozen Ever After and, and be three-hour waits for months. Um, actually, the waits are still horrendous for Flight of Passage, so thanks, thank goodness I got the Fast Passes. Yeah, but, definitely. But Slinky Dog's been like 45 minutes, 60 minutes. That's Ooh. manageable. Yeah, I
2: wish Beaches and Cream
1: would level off.
0: Yeah, there's but that's not going to happen.
2: like three hours
0: before? it was three four hours yeah geez yeah and we weren't gonna wait in that line but but now the it's really it's really started to normalize which is kind of crazy it happened so quickly mm-hmm. i really thought for the fourth of july weekend it was still gonna be pretty nuts in there but it looks like it's gotten a lot better so good news if you're planning on traveling now and you wanted to see toy story land and, and again it really looks like you want to experience that that place at night the alien swirling saucers look so cool at night.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I really want to go in that land at night, definitely.
0: Toy Story land at night. Yeah, looks like it'd be awesome. One last thing, and I wanted to tell you guys about this because it's going to be in effect when we visit the parks here in a couple weeks. Disney Springs announces weekend Beat the Heat DJ Dance Party through August 12th. Uh, The folks at Disney Springs are inviting guests to stop by the splash pad near Once Upon a Toy for the new Beat the Heat DJ Dance Party. This lively party will take place every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night beginning at 6 p.m. and lasting until 10 p.m. So bring the kids to the splash and play. Enjoy cool refreshments and sweet treats plus games for the whole family until August 12th. So, it's just nice. a little enhancement to the Disney Springs. I don't know that we'll necessarily go play on the splash pad when we go to Disney Springs cuz we've got a fancy dinner at Morimoto that night. Yes. But I just wanted to bring it up because it is something you could do if Disney Springs really has become a destination. You know, it it's not necessarily a place that you go and just do some shopping and and maybe grab a bite to eat. It it's, it's a place where people are spending like their day a day of their vacation. We're planning to do that. Yeah. So um
1: and i'm planning to go shopping. You're planning <laughs> to
0: shop. I'm planning to eat. I definitely feel like we need to stop by and you know maybe do some of this barbecue and and uh yes. the craft beer. And, I and want to do thing. that for sure. Yeah, a couple of places and grab a little extra, so. I agree. Yep.
2: I'm I'm hoping to see some cool stuff. Well, i like, think you're going
0: to see some cool stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Like isn't that where the uh of... The Lego store was. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Still have the Lego store. Yeah, those sculptures. We get
0: to see the the refurbished World of Disney store. Now that they've kind of upgraded that and made it look more Disney Springsy, y it's, it's fully open now. Nice. So, that'll be cool. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. We're, I'm excited because, again, we're, our trip, we're planning to do a lot of first, a lot of first time things for us. And, I don't know, I think we're going to have a whole lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the news. I don't really have anything else to share. So if there are no objections, I say we move it along to Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. Have fun. All right. Next stop, M34D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is M34D, or as we like to call it, the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. Joining me, because he is the fourth piece of that alliterative title, is the Dawes himself, Landon the Dawes. Don Landon, welcome back to M34D and the Monday Morning Monorail.
3: Hey, uh, glad to be back, and don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. We will keep the blame squarely somewhere else. Well, you might be wondering, why am I hearing hail to the chief right now? You know...
3: Very loudly, I am going to point out. It is.
0: It's blasting. It's blasting, landing out. In fact, I'll, I'll fade it down just a little bit for it's us. It's
3: like America and freedom. It's coming to overtake you and overpower you, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> Had to be a better way to phrase that. <laughs>
0: That's right. Um... You know this show or, or the attraction we're focusing on today it probably would have been a little more appropriate last weekend for our Fourth of July Independence Day spectacular but our schedule got bumped back a week because of Kevin taking over a whole program and then Lana got bumped and you know, let's not get on to the all all the gory details the point is we're getting to it now because today we're gonna focus as as kind of a, a post Fourth of July tribute on an attraction Again, a day one attraction to the Magic Kingdom Park.
3: No, no, that's not the way to frame it. Frame it that we're getting a jump on 4th of July 2019.
0: So it's true. We're a year ahead of time as, <laughs> as we tend to be. We're futuristic like that. Um, and that's the way we're going to spin it. We are celebrating 4th of July 2019. And, and you know what? That kind of feels appropriate because all of the holidays just keep kind of expanding their their mm-hmm. celebratory <laughs> periods. Disney's guilty of it too. I think we talked about it on last week's podcast that the Halloween parties are starting August 17th this year.
3: Uh, <laughs> we... I, you know, I like Halloween and I like the way Disney does Halloween. That just seems way too early. <laughs> like like can can we at least wait until like the second week of college football to maybe start talking about it? <laughs> like come
0: on, guys. Yeah, that's still squarely in the summertime, not even fall, but in that spirit We are celebrating next year's 4th of July by talking about, I haven't even announced it yet. Oh yeah, yeah, you should probably get around to doing that. The day one attraction, one of the most technologically advanced day one attractions because it's full of animatronics and it is, of course, the Hall of Presidents. And I wish I could just kick right back into hell the chief but i'm afraid what that'll do to the podcast so
3: <laughs> yeah it nearly derailed the monorail the first time you did yeah, it, so
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't we can't get too fancy over here we're gonna stay in our lane um so let's start the way we normally do and that is with a little introduction to the attraction itself because what you might be saying i'd be shocked if you're saying this to me but what you might be saying to me is justin I'm not totally sure what the Hall of Presidents is. Well, it is a, you could call it a multimedia presentation movie and show um, lasting about 25 minutes located in Liberty Square. You are going to be treated to a very patriotic film in the beginning that kind of tells you about the story of America in a very touching and inspirational way. And then after the video concludes... The curtains rise, and we get to see all 44. Here's something else you might say to me right now. But, Justin, there's been 45 presidents. Yes, you're correct. But Yeah, what's the, up with that? You're not considering Grover Cleveland served two non-consecutive terms. So, technically. Oh,
3: snap. He's the 22nd and the 24th president, y'all.
0: That's right. So, there are only 44, but that's a lot. That's a lot of animatronics on stage presidents that you get to see I'll, I'll tell you when when i see this every time i saw this show as a kid i was sitting there going all right some of those people on stage are real right they have to be. <laughs> because all of them are so naturally just kind of they're either sitting or standing They're they're looking around They're you know my, they might be fidgeting a little bit their heads move you know their hands move they make these little just what what we would consider to just be you know we wouldn't even think of the movements that we're doing because they're subconscious. But when you put Little that, ticks. yeah, when you put that on an animatronic, all of a sudden it makes it more lifelike. And and they do that, and it really kind of brings it to life. I, I want to ask you. I know you said you think you maybe only saw Hall of Presidents one time. When you think back to that experience, did you know that all of the presidents on stage were animatronic, or did you were you wondering if some of them were people as well, or is it just me being a, a dumb kid?
3: <laughs> um, I knew they were animatronics, but uh, the one time I did see it when I was younger, I do remember being impressed. Like, just I—I'm not going to go as far as say I was convinced, you know, um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was was re- a real guy up there hanging out with a bunch of robots. But at the same time, I still remember being very impressed at the at what Disney was able to do because they are extremely lifelike.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really amazing. You're sitting. At the right distance, too. Like, you're not just sitting, like, right up underneath them, because I think if you got super close, it would be really obvious. Um, Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I I do think if if you were up closer to the stage, it would kind of, you know, show the illusion and stuff like that.
0: Right. Disney does their magic. They keep you at the right distance. The lighting is such that when you're looking at it, it looks very, very real, and... And what they do, so the curtain rises, you get to see all the presidents on stage all together. They go through, they introduce the presidents in order, and they all get a little spotlight. They get to do a little head nod for you, a little wave, whatever it may be. After they're all introduced, we get to hear a speech from George Washington. And the show has changed through the years. It used to be that we heard from Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and then the current president. Now we hear from George Washington And the current president, Um, Donald Trump, of course, has been added to the Hall of Presidents now, and he delivers the oath of office as kind of the last the last piece of the presentation. The show in total lasts about 25 minutes. The show building that you go into, this is one of the pieces, one of those Disney details that I that I really enjoy. It's supposed to look like the uh, Philadelphia Independence Hall. And. I did a little research on this because I've always I've always understood that to be the case, but today I pulled up a picture of the Hall of Presidents at Magic Kingdom and put it side-by-side with Philadelphia's Independence Hall. And i got to tell you, the length the Imagineers go to to make these things look authentic is so impressive. And the Hall of Presidents is no exception to that. Doing a side-by-side comparison of the pictures, I mean, you can obviously tell which is which, but I'll tell you, especially like second level up to the clock tower and then the dome at the top, It's really accurate. It looks
3: really good. And I appreciate you doing the research in this, but is it really that surprising that Disney and their Imagineers and doing the Disney magic quote-unquote trademark right there, is it really that surprising that they got almost a a one-to-one replica?
0: No, it's not surprising, but... I like to I like to bring that verification to the discussion just to say that yes, it's absolutely true. I've never been to Philadelphia. You know, my only way to do a comparison is to do a Google image search and bring up the Independence Hall. For me, even though I it doesn't surprise me, it almost gives me that sense of, yep, yeah, that's right. You did it Disney. You did it once again. I never should have <laughs> doubted you. You know, so, I get that, I get that. So it was it was a pretty good feeling when I did that today. One of the things I wanted to mention is the, the show runs continuously throughout the day at the Magic Kingdom. One of the ways that you can determine when the next show will start is actually the clock tower above the marquee. The time will change on the clock to tell you when the next show is going to start so you can be ready for mm. it. But... You may not want to just try to arrive at the Hall of Presidents right when a show's getting ready to start, because before you ever go in to the Hall of Presidents, you can spend some time in the rotunda, in kind of the waiting area. There's a lot of things to see in there as well. You actually get a chance to kind of peruse an artifact collection, and they have a few different really interesting things that that you might want to see. A couple of things from George Washington. They actually have some dental instruments, but they also have a beer mug from george washington oh, nice which is kind of cool. ironically
3: enough uh, uh that's the one disney park that uh up until recently you couldn't get alcohol in yeah but exactly. but they have the first president's beer mug there what's up with that <laughs> yeah
0: um that's true kind of ironic
3: yeah kind of like jack daniels is made in lynchburg tennessee lynchburg is a dry county yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: true facts they have abraham lincoln's leather portfolio a microscope that was owned by john quincy adams a golf club that was owned by woodrow wilson and a powder horn used by Theodore Roosevelt. So lots of, and and not to mention the portraits too. They have portraits of the presidents on the walls. And there's one other thing that I wanted to mention in this room that you can't see anywhere else except for in Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital. Do you know what I'm referring to, Landon?
3: I do, but uh, I would like for you to say it because I don't want to
0: take away your dramatic reveal. Oh, I, I'm totally fine if you want to show that, that you've got the knowledge.
3: Go ahead. No, it, it, it's not that I have the knowledge. It's just that I happen to follow a, a certain Monday morning monorail podcast on Twitter. <laughs> okay. And and I saw you put this on Twitter. Okay. Well, it is the grand seal
0: of the, the president. It's actually the only place in the country that you can actually see that seal displayed outside of Washington, D.C.
3: And that's really cool. I, I, I know I just asked you, are you really that surprised they were able to pull off the, you know, almost one-to-one recreation? Uh, but to have that, and like you said, the only other place in the world you're going to see that is in Washington, D.C. at the real thing. So I think that's super cool. And and, and you talk about all the artifacts in, in the queue to get into the Hall of Presidents. I, I Of course, we know Disney does really cool things in the queues leading up to the rides, but it's like, I think that right there is just really neat.
0: Yeah, and it literally took an act of Congress to allow that to happen, which, I mean, <laughs> if you guys don't think that Disney influences the world, you're wrong. Yeah, we're just living on Mickey's planet. <laughs> um. So a couple of things I thought were pretty interesting about the backstory of of this ride or attraction. I should say originally, Walt Disney wanted an attraction similar to this and he wanted it to be called uh, One Nation Under God. And he was going to have this actually debut in Disneyland in Anaheim. When Disneyland became such a huge success, they actually proposed an extension of Main Street USA that they wanted to call uh, Liberty Street at Edison Square. Now the figures were going to be uh, – the presidents were still going to be in there, but they were going to be wax figures of the presidents. Yeah,
3: because yeah. Th- that's that's exactly the type of material you want in in a humid, uh, very hot uh, climate. Nothing but wax figures. Just wax. Just wax yep. it up. Um, Go wade through the presidents <laughs> in, in the Hall of Presidents.
0: But the humidity and the heat wasn't necessarily the, the deciding factor why they went away from that. They really wanted the figures to be animated. They wanted them to move and and look realistic. Um, as But at the time, the technology just wasn't ready to do something like this. So Disney decided to collaborate with his Imagineers of WED Enterprises to try to make the first audio animatronic figure. And the first one they made was Abraham Lincoln. This was the show that actually ended up debuting at uh, Disneyland, which was the Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln show, where Abraham Lincoln's actually sitting in a chair. He actually gets to stand up, give a speech. The first time you would ever have been able to see this was at the 1964 1965 New York World's Fair. They developed this technology. The show was really just Lincoln giving a speech. He gave kind of his greatest hits (laughs) for about. 5 to 7 minutes and then that was it. They decided that this was kind of the the building block that they needed to go ahead and build out that one nation under God show. Oftentimes when we're talking about these day one attractions at Magic Kingdom Park, there's a lot of things that were kind of in development at the time that Walt Disney passed away. This is another one of those examples because Walt Disney died in 1966. But at this time, of course, Walt Disney World Resort was already being developed and it, they knew that this was one of those things that it meant a lot to Walt and they wanted to make it happen in the parks. They actually created the Hall of Presidents show kind of in, you know, in honor of of Walt with all the animatronics and they made it happen. Despite all the technology challenges that they had, they realized Walt's dream and this did debut with the park, October 1st of 1971.
3: And and you said it earlier, and I, this is something I'm sure that's going to be said many times on this podcast, the technology just wasn't there at the time. Walt Disney was ahead of his time, and and I had no idea before doing research for this episode just how – interested walt was in doing doing some sort of like patriotic american uh attraction because i mean you mentioned the one nation under god and then that evolves into the great moments with mr lincoln and that evolves into the full-blown as we now know it 25 minute hall of president show and and i just think that's really cool yeah
0: can you imagine how he probably drove his imagineers crazy because he was like guys I have this idea. <laughs> I want an entire room of any audio animatronics, all the presidents that have ever been, <laughs> moving, standing up, talking. And that's the thing, too. I mentioned it with the great moments with Mr. Lincoln. So it's not like these audio animatronics are just stagnant, stationary in one place. You actually, when you get to see, like, George Washington for the first time, he's sitting in a chair um, in the Hall of Presidents. They introduce him. You know, he he nods. And then when it's time for him to talk, he rises dramatically to his feet to speak to the room. That's one of the things that always blows me away because that's another one of those things that I'm like... That's the actor. That's the one right there. It has to be a real guy.
3: Well, it's it's interesting. You you mentioned George Washington there and uh, Abraham Lincoln and the Donald Trump robots come into this as well because you talk about how lifelike they are. Those three uh, are uh, A100 models of the audio animatronic figures, and they're considered some of the most advanced, lifelike and expressive human figures. Like you said, you were convinced it was a real person that Walt Disney uh, has ever built. So uh, it, it's. Like you said, it's very cool to see it go from just an idea where Walt Disney is like, hey, I need for y'all to make me something that, uh, with a, a technology that doesn't exist. Yeah. And I need like like 40 of them go yeah. to, to what, what we see now where, like you said, when you see George Washington stand up and give his speech, it's like, okay, that's that's a dude. That's a dude right there.
0: Yeah. I don't believe that the company in its culture has the ability to say no to anything. It's just like, someone has an idea, they don't know how to do it yet, and they're like, okay, that's amazing. I don't know how we're going to make that happen. Put that on a shelf. We're going to do that, but not today.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. We're going to circle back around to this, but that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, and then and then we get things like floating mountains in Pandora, the land of Avatar.
3: Oh my God, seriously, they pulled off floating freaking mountains <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. Yeah,
0: it's, it's amazing.
3: So we've talked about
0: the characters that actually get to speak in the show. And I wanted to say a couple of things about that. So the narration has actually changed. I think I read this right, but correct me if, if you know differently since I think it was, I think it said something like since 92 or 93, they've changed the narrator of the show every time the president has changed. So for Barack Obama, when he was actually the sitting president, uh, Morgan Freeman was the narrator of the show. But now And that, in uh,
3: 1993 to 2001, Maya Angelou narrated the script and did the roll call of the presidents.
0: Yeah. So it's changed throughout the years. The current narrator is a actress named Joy Vandervoort Cobb. And you might have seen her in the show Army Wives. She took over in 2017 when the show reopened uh, when they introduced Donald Trump. And George Washington is actually voiced by someone named David Morse who actually played George Washington in HBO's miniseries, John Adams.
3: So, Mm, all right, that's fun.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty neat. And then, um, Abraham Lincoln, when he spoke was voiced by Peter Renaday. And then Donald Trump is actually voiced by himself. And that's one of the kind of the cool things that disney's been able to do i believe it started with bill clinton i'd have to fact it check. Did. yes okay. every
3: uh every sitting president since uh, president clinton has voiced themselves
0: okay there you go so that's been that's kind of one of the it's like when you win the super bowl you get to go on tv and say i'm going to disney world <laughs> when you when you become the president you literally get to become part of disney world and you get to i
3: get to record myself at disney world everybody <laughs>
0: <laughs> there it is. I knew we would hear Donald Trump. There Sorry. It was. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's that's pretty cool. And it's cool that all the presidents have done it. Uh, Landon, we wanted to talk a little bit about when they were updating the show to include Donald Trump, there was a lot of noise around how long the show was down. And people were saying that, that it was due to maybe some issues they were having getting the recording or maybe some issues with the audio anim- animatronic. But you told me today that that wasn't necessarily the case.
3: Yeah. uh, In doing research uh, for this episode, uh, I discovered that the time that the Hall of Presidents was closed from the time uh, President Trump was elected, it's almost the exact amount of time as it was uh, shut down when President Obama was elected. It's like, obviously, whenever you have to Refigure a show to introduce a new robot who is oh by the way going to be a very uh, prominent figure because it does represent the leader of the free world. It's going to take a little bit of time, and I just remember it's like there was a big hullabaloo about how long it was taking, and and some people were saying that uh, that liberal Disney was trying to silence it or something. No, it was pretty much the exact same amount of time as as it was uh, from Obama. To Trump, and I'm willing to bet if if I'm was to go back and look, it would have been the same time from Clinton to Bush and from Bush to Obama, so it's like disney Disney is very good at what they do, and it's almost like they have this down to a science and and it's on a schedule or something,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that, you know, and they and they have to wait before they start developing that animatronic until they know who the next president's going to be and then mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of racing the clock right so. It takes time uh, to develop a lifelike-looking uh, representation of whoever the, the president is. I will tell you this. When I was looking at pictures of the Hall of Presidents today, I, you know, I watched a few clips and different things. And one of the things that I think I, I probably think about this every time I see the Hall of Presidents is, man, our presidents used to dress way cooler than they do today. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs>
3: Are you saying we need to like implement some Hamilton-looking stuff going on?
0: I'd be down with it. I I think that is a sharp look. I like those three-piece suits. I like the I like the frilly shirts. I like how. That.
3: Do, how do you feel about wigs, man? Because because wigs were a very important part of that. I actually ensemble. was
0: thinking about that too, and I was like, you know, it, it kind of brings like this, I, like almost a regal kind of a feel to it. Those powder wigs,
3: like mm-hmm. I, I like
0: that a little Re- bit. Yeah, regal's
3: a good way to describe that. I mean, I mean, I, I I feel what you're saying when you say that.
0: I like those long coats and the and the pocket watches, man. Dom, how,
3: how you feel about monocles? Are you for them or <laughs> against them?
0: I'm I'm pro monocle. I think okay. I think that's a smart look.
3: All right, so was I.
0: Yeah, it's it's.
3: <laughs> oh, oh wait, so sorry, I misheard you.
0: <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank
3: you, I appreciate. You. <laughs>
0: but uh but yeah that was that was the thought that struck me today as i was looking at the stage full of presidents and then i saw i
3: don't i don't disagree with you they did have uh, have a more dramatic flair with their uh wardrobe they, they really did they really did our, our nowadays look... you remember people gave barack obama all sorts of crap because he wore a tan suit yeah <laughs> it's like wait really anyway i digress yeah it's true <laughs>
0: You know, those were really the facts that I had for the Hall of Presidents today. Um, Obviously, now that we're talking about fashion and style, I've kind of run dry with my facts and the research (laughs) that I did.
3: Before we wrap up, I do want to give a shout out uh, to a certain professor from Columbia University I discovered uh, in my research, uh, Eric uh, Fauner or Forner. I'm really sorry, uh, professor. Uh, he was very important to persuading various Disney executives, most notably uh then-Disney CEO Michael Eisner to adapt the show uh, in uh, the early 90s. So uh, I, we, we previously mentioned uh, the greatest or Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. He was actually responsible for convincing Disney to rewrite Lincoln's speech because up until that point, uh, it was nearly identical to what Lincoln had been saying ever since the beginning of uh, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. So I do want to give a, a tip of the cap to uh, the professor real quick.
0: So I did want to add this while we're wrapping up on the facts here. I would be remiss if I didn't mention this and and I we do a good job I think of of specifically talking about the imagineers and the people involved in designing and developing these things. There was one guy that was responsible for sculpting all of the presidents animatronics up through George W. Bush. And his name was Blaine Gibson. So every everyone from George Washington to George W. Bush was actually created by a Disney legend, Blaine Gibson. And then for Barack Obama and Donald Trump, Blaine Gibson's apprentice, Valerie Edwards, actually took over and has sculpted the last couple. So I just want to say, you want to talk about like a specific skill to have? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that's impressive and, you know, it's another one of the examples too of someone who just a long time uh disney you know imagineer cast member kind of thing who the company was loyal to who did a great job and stuck with the stuck there with them for a very long time now we have valerie edwards and i'm sure that she'll carry that torch for just as long she's so she's got two down that means that she's got another 42 presidents
3: <laughs> or, or yes yeah, so. so that means she's gonna live a really 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 long life so congratulations on that
0: yeah congratulations to her so what would you say to first timers at the magic kingdom park would you say that it's something that you would recommend somebody do because it's part of the experience of the magic kingdom
3: I would be hard-pressed to say this is something that a first-timer needed to do. Uh, When I took my cousin Logan for the first time, this didn't even enter my thought process, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I already mentioned the long run time, and it's not a roller coaster or even a ride for that matter, Uh, though Google gives it 4.4 stars out of 5, so I don't know if that has it a sway on your influence but to me this is not going to be a ride or an attraction that i'm like by god i gotta stand in line so i can see some robot presidents
0: i will say i don't think you ever really have to stand in line for this you pretty much get to cycle in like if you if you're standing because it's a 700 seat theater if you're if you're queued up for the next show i doubt you would be in a situation where you were waiting but you didn't make it into that one it is still 25 minutes though that's significant I will say personally I mean I took my kids to it you know we we did it when we went 4 years ago I felt like it was something I wanted them to experience because the advanced audio animatronics it, it's it's such a great example of that like I mean I know you see audio animatronics in in pirates you see them in haunted mansion you you, you see them in spaceship earth but spaceship earth's another really good example What um, about
3: Avatar World
0: Well that's true, but we didn't get to make it to that because that didn't exist yet. <laughs> I felt like I wanted them to kind of have that same experience that that I did as a kid of of looking up on that stage and having that wonder in your mind of like, are are those real people or are they robots? I don't know. So, so I took them, and I and I think I would tell people first time going to the Magic Kingdom, if you can fit it in, yes, because like you said, it's it's air conditioned, it's a it's a break, yeah, it it's a it's a break. You know, you're going to be doing a lot of walking. You're going to be out in the heat. Maybe if you can time it with that three o'clock thunderstorm that always comes through in
3: the afternoon, <laughs> it's,
0: it would be perfect. I recommend you do it. Landon says you can wait, you know, do it on your second visit.
3: Yeah, um, but they do have air conditioning. And depending on how hot it is, uh, that could change your and my opinion.
0: That's true. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for today. Landon, thank you for joining me as always, sir. And, Glad to do it. And if you all would like more Landon action, you can get that at buttmunchchips.com. He's got a couple of podcasts you can listen to. He has Nearfall Radio, which is all about the sweet science of professional wrestling. And he also has Game of Thrones Talk or Got Talk, which is all about the award winning HBO so- show Game of Thrones. So we're going to wrap it up for today. Landon, thank you once again for helping me with the Disney Deep dive with the Dawes.
3: Hey, glad to do it. My name's Landon Doan, and I approve this podcast segment. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. I hope you enjoyed M3-4D. I'm going to tell you a little something. Landon and I recorded this last segment after midnight, um, and and I was really tired. And I'm not trying to make an excuse, because I hope it turned out okay. I haven't had the chance to edit it yet. But if this one seemed a little bit off, it was a late night for both of us, so we were a little kooky.
1: Yeah, I understand. Pleasure talking about the Hall of Presidents. I'm just Which is kidding. something I enjoy. I know. I actually am. I find it very impressive, the animatronics and stuff. I think it's really neat.
0: Everybody walks out of Hall of Presidents feeling like Sam Eagle. So patriotic, ready to just, like, start singing the Star Spangled Banner. Oh,
1: I don't, I don't think <laughs> I ever felt that way. <laughs> you feel like Sam Eagle? No. no. I, do. I felt more like the Tasmanian Devil. Oh, good grief. I was like, let's run! <laughs> no. Let's do something crazy fun You walk out and
2: you're like in an Uncle Sam outfit And you're holding an eagle Like you have an eagle on your arm Yeah. And you're, you're like crying tears of joy And you're like freedom
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's so ridiculous
0: <laughs> For the third and final segment For today's show We are going to do part three Of the planning a Walt Disney World vacation And the subject today Is determining whether to stay on or off Disney property I was actually going to try to tackle two subjects um today i was going to do that and then i was going to also include picking how to pick a Walt Disney World like the right Walt Disney World hotel for you but i think that's almost a whole show subject yeah so i kind of feel like we ought to hold off on that one until next time i agree maybe next week will be a light news week and we can kind of focus on that one sounds good all right staying off property can definitely be a less expensive alternative to staying on property but there are several advantages to staying on property if you can spend a little extra cash and you might not have to spend as much as you think to stay on property. So we're going to talk about things to consider for both. I'm going to try to be very unbiased, but to be very transparent, we are a on property family. Mm -hmm. We like being in the Disney bubble.
1: I love it. And I have experienced staying off property. Yeah. So I can speak to that a little bit. And it is a lot more it's, convenient staying on property. It is.
0: There's a lot of conveniences. But we're going to start by talking about the off-property option and give some give some pros.
1: Well, it's cheaper. I used, um, which, by the way, I'm hijacking this moment. That's okay. It was cheaper because I was able to use uh, points that yep, I've been exactly. building up from my work travel.
0: That's a good, that's a good point. And
1: exactly. And so um I was able to save a lot of money on the hotel room just because I had so many points to use. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: and the other side of that is if you're not using points, you could be at least gaining points if you stay at a Hilton or a Marriott yeah. or something like that. So, and they have very good rewards programs.
1: And the people at the hotel, they may not be like doing the cast member courtesy stuff, but they're still pretty awesome because they, I mean, at least they were to me, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also stayed at their hotel exclusively for all of my travel. Right. So you
0: were a, you were a valuable rewards member to them. Yeah,
1: So they were really made a
0: difference. You're a VIP. Um, so I will say that staying off property, your dollar can go much farther in terms of the quality of accommodations that you can get. Um, it might be important to you to stay in like a full-service resort hotel that offers more amenities than just a bed and a toilet. And I mean you'll definitely get more bang for your buck if you stay off-property in that case, as competition tends to bring the off-site hotel's prices down just a bit. You can also find things like last-minute deals for the off-property hotels. And when they're, when they're trying to fill up rooms and that's not something you're going to see Disney do, um, if Disney does any discounts or packages, it's announced ahead of time. Yeah. They're not going to give you last second. Oh, we've got a few rooms to fill. Here's a half price deal. That's not going to happen. Right. Additionally, off property hotels might offer things like a free continental breakfast, which for a family of four, you know, we're going to be eating at the pop century cafeteria and it's probably going to cost us 40, 50 bucks for breakfast. Right. So, so that can be significant. Um, They could also offer shuttles to and from the airport and to Disney parks, but not just Disney parks. They'll take you to the other parks that shall not be named in the Orlando area.
1: And that that is the case. Um, They took us to the park whenever we went um, and we stayed at the Disney Hilton and they took us to the park. But they do not pick you up if you're in the after hours. Yeah, if you parties. stay after
0: hours, yeah, you Yeah. That's so. right. That's one of the things you have to factor in. That they're definitely I think I even wrote down in my notes that you need to make sure that you understand the hotel shuttle's hours of operation and, and restrictions around destinations and oh, things. Oh, I
1: made that mistake. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you
0: mentioned it before that you had to call a cab. Yeah. Because you got stuck without and the shuttle.
1: I was there whenever the internet wasn't so easily accessed on your phone. Yeah. So it's it was easier hard. now
0: because you can Uber or Lyft or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally different now.
0: Yeah. But, um, you may end up wanting to rent a car if you're staying off property just to have the flexibility to drive yourself and not have to worry about those sort of things plus you can you know take advantage of going to the outlets or doing some other things like Kevin had talked about um, but I think he drove right he had driven down so yeah. he had a car so so that's that's something to think about as well um, and and I will say I realize there are people who are traveling to Walt Disney world who are going to want to do things that are outside of Disney World property. I get that. I, I don't understand it, but I know <laughs> I know that people do that, so. Right. And then lastly, offsite also offers more accommodation variety. So, you can always think about renting a vacation home or going with something like an Airbnb in addition to a tradi- traditional hotel. And sometimes Disney accommodations can be somewhat difficult to obtain if your groups are larger than 4. Yeah. So. True. You may have to end up getting two rooms or something like that if you're staying on property. So it's right. some, it's just something to think about. Unless you do, you can always rent DVC points and try to get, um, you know, a multi-bedroom villa or something like that. But it, it can get expensive. Right. Yeah. So those are all the pros for off-property. I think there's some sig- significant things to consider. And if you're being fair, you can save a, a good dollar by yeah. staying off-property. Oh,
1: I saved a lot of money by yeah. staying off-property. Yeah. But... It did stink that I didn't have a way back mm-hmm. on the night that we were there for the Pirates and Princesses party. Um, and the PPP. The PPP. <laughs> um, and, you know, it doesn't have the the shops the little uh, stores in the hotel. and They didn't I, sell
0: any Disney souvenirs in the Hilton gift shop?
1: They did, but it was very minimal. Okay. Um, and it, it was equivalent to what you find in the little corners, you know, yeah. off to the side. It had a couple shirts and, um, maybe a couple little, like, but nothing, animals. But nothing, nothing
0: like the shop we had, like, at the Art of Animation. No,
1: that was amazing. Oh, I loved that hotel.
0: I know you did. You're a big uh, A of A fan.
2: It, probably because I really like animation. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting.
0: It's a sweet spot for you. hmm Yeah. All right. So now we're going to give you all the reasons that you should just decide to stay on property. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's easy. Number one, location, location, location. That's really what it's all about. I mean, staying on property, you're in the Disney bubble. And if your vacation plans are exclusive to Walt Disney World, you can't argue against the convenience factor of staying on property. Granted, you're going to pay the Disney premium to be in the bubble, but there are a lot of, more, lot of perks that go along with it. The first, Transportation. Yeah. Free transportation in various forms from your Disney Hotel Resort to any of the Disney parks as well as some of the other locations on Disney property. It means you might not need a car at all. If you flew down to Orlando, you can take the Magical Express to and from the airport and then from your hotel, you'll at least have access to buses, if not monorails, boats, and in the future, the Disney Skyliner,
1: <laughs> which I'm
0: pretty excited about. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how excited I am. Hey, Art of Animation is going to have a Disney Skyliner um, yeah. Uh, nice. por- yeah, port. What, what am I trying to say? Uh, a Disney Skyliner station. That's the word we're looking for. <laughs> Number two, you get extra time in the parks. Every day, a different park offers extra hours in the morning or evening for Walt Disney World Resort guests. More time in the parks with lower crowds means getting more stuff done. Yes. Now... You may be a person like me who says, okay, well, that means we're going to be there that much earlier and stay that much later. Um, that may not be true for everybody. I know Sam's eyes start to glaze over when I start talking about things like that. She's <laughs> like, "She's like, yes, we have the option to do the extra hours. We're not doing that anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, but it is I don't true. mind to get there early or stay a little later, but goodness, just don't make us run everywhere. <laughs>
0: Well, with extra hours, you might be able to slow down just a little bit. It just means less sleep. I got to make sure to get us up and fill up all of our refillable mugs with coffee and get us out the door. Yes. Number three, the dining plan. So if you book your stays through Disney, then you can package things with your hotel like the dining plan. Now, we've talked in the past about the dining plan the way that you really maximize your value is by getting like the
1: most expensive thing, eating you can. every
0: meal, getting the most expensive thing you can. Uh, but some people find that it is valuable to them. Some people like to go ahead and pay for their food ahead of time, and then you don't have to worry about it while you're there. Garrett, you're nodding, so you really agree with that. Okay, I appreciate the support. <laughs> the other thing is. In the fall, when they're trying to fill up those rooms, they offer free dining a lot of times. So if you stay, you know, depending on the level of the tier of the hotel that you're staying at, you might get the quick service dining plan, the regular one, or the deluxe dining plan. Yeah. Which you have to pay rack rate for the room if you get that deal. But some people will do it because, hey, free food is free food, right? Number four full immersion so when staying at Walt Disney in a Walt Disney World Resort you're surrounded by Disney Magic from the time you check in to the time you check out you get Disney theming as well as the world-class Disney cast member service and I think that's part of the big reason that we do it like I mm-hmm. when I go to Disney I want to be in it the whole time
1: yeah and there's little hidden Mickeys in the rooms
0: there's little hidden Mickeys everywhere
2: yeah
1: yeah it was amazing
2: staying uh, on property because the people there were so nice
0: super nice
1: are those all the reasons that mm-hmm. you had
0: um nope
1: oh i won't interrupt then. you're Go
0: gonna on. add on that's okay you can do it now if you want
1: nope let's hear what you got
0: okay but i was gonna say more than likely you're gonna pay a little bit more but it's all about what's important to you and your family and you don't have to break the bank either and we're gonna get into that when we talk about the different hotels and options um that you can stay obviously when we're going this time where we are staying at the pop century resort our hotel room is averaging like 140 bucks a night while we're there. Yeah, which, it's
1: pretty average for yeah, a hotel room. Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Now, you could probably stay at the Hilton for maybe 80, 90 bucks a night. Yeah. We're paying maybe $50 more for a value. The quality of the accommodation is lower. We're paying more, but not that much more. Mm-mm. And we're in the Disney bubble. So for us, we find value in that. But here are a couple other quick things, and then I'll give you the floor. Um <laughs> Early access to advanced dining reservations and Fast Pass Plus reservations.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
0: So for guests staying at the Walt Disney World Resort, you can book dining reservations 180 days in advance of your check-in for the length of your stay up to 10 days. But you still
1: can't get beaches and cream. (laughs) Right.
0: Now, here's the thing about it. 180 days is the same reservation period that people staying off property have, but they only get that 180 days. Now, if you're staying at a Walt Disney World Resort you get 180 days plus the days that you're staying. Oh, so if you're staying, nice. if you're staying 10 days, you get at the 180-day mark from your check-in, you can book restaurants that day plus all the rest of the nights that you're there, which means you have exclusive access to the additional nights. Oh, cool. Right? So that's a pretty big advantage. The other one is for fast passes. So Walt Disney World Res- Resort guests, they can reserve fast passes 60 days in advance of their check-in day all other guests book Fast Passes starting at the 30-day mark.
1: Yeah. Well, that's cool.
0: Right. So staying has its perks, right?
1: It does. Definitely.
0: So we're like I said, we're going to stay how to pick the right resort for you for the next episode because there's a whole lot to talk about and I feel like we could get into really deep detail probably about each resort. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably start by talking tiers and then get into some of, maybe we'll do like a greatest hits of the tiers or something like that. We'll figure it out.
2: I, I might be a bit biased.
0: You, you might be. Well, you already know your value pick. It's like the value plus the art of animation. All right. Those were my advantages to staying on property. Sam, what, missed what did one. you want? Okay, go ahead.
1: The other thing that's really good is when you stay on property, you, get, you purchase a mug and you get to go get free refills of drinks the whole time you're there. Yeah,
0: the refillable mugs are very nice. Yeah. I mentioned them when I said I was going to get everybody coffee. You
1: did mention them, but like it's all the drinks all the sodas you know you can get sparkling water soda coffee tea you know all of that so when we were coming back from the parks we would always drop by and get a drink and take it back to the hotel and then we'd go out go to the pool drop by get a drink that you know when drinks are 250 a piece that Adds up so fast for a family it of four. It really does. Yeah, we it really didn't does. have to worry about that while we were there.
0: It does. It's that's a good that is a good perk. Um, and it's
1: not like significant. No,
0: it's pretty good. It, it's it's valuable because you're right. The the small things can add up. And we, not only did we use them out and the way they work typically is you buy them at your resort and you can use them at resorts that have the refillable mug stations. Right. You can't use them in the parks. No. But what we did was we took our mugs to the parks and used them for water yep. because you're allowed to do that. Every place in all the parks will give you free ice water. Mm-hmm. So we used our mugs to get our water throughout the day because it's important. Like I said, it's July heat. You need to hydrate. So you got to get your water. And then, like you said, we would usually get a drink heading out in the morning and we would get something as soon as we got back at night and take it back to the room. So, and then when we went to the pool, all that stuff, go to the arcade, you know, we, we got our money's worth from those mugs and we still use them today. They make a nice souvenir afterwards.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just use one over the weekend.
0: Yeah. Well, that feels like a good place to end for today. So I want to say thank you all for listening again. I really appreciate all of your support and all the feedback I wanted to give a special shout-out to a couple of our Twitter followers and people that have been faithful listeners, faithful interactors. The first, I wanted to say a big hello, thank you, greetings to Dillo's Diz. Um, So Frank Cardillo, the Improviser's Guide podcast, that's something you should definitely subscribe to. Check it out. They've got a couple of cool features. One is Wrestling Wednesday. He focuses on, just like we know Landon likes to talk about the sweet science of professional wrestling. So Frank likes to do that on Wednesdays. And then Thursday, he does Theme Park Thursday with his sister Jen. And they really focus on, of course, what theme parks do you think they're going to talk about? They're going to talk Disney. So shout out to the Dillo siblings. What's up? They're awesome. Yeah, appreciate everything that you do and all the shout outs that you give to us as well. The other big shout-out I wanted to give is to a fellow named Mike Belobradic, at Mike Belobradic, that is B-E-L-O-B-R-A-D-I-C, on Twitter. And the reason that he gets a special shout-out today is because he gave us quite an awesome shout-out this past week. He has a Walt Disney World blog that you all should definitely go out and check out, subscribe to it, read it. It's awesome. It's kind of about luxury touring and and visiting the walt disney world resort yeah yeah um which i'm all about if we could afford it you know mm-hmm. that's the way i would do it mike
1: We'd be all in <laughs> yeah.
0: but but he did a very cool shout out for us and um he did actually a, a blog about 15 hidden gem disney travel accounts to follow on twitter and he included us in that so that was super cool and
1: We are little hidden gems. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and so I really appreciated that support from Mike, and I wanted to give you a virtual high five, and I and I hope that our modest little group of fans will go check you out and subscribe to your blog as well.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike.
0: So lastly, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Nick Salcido at TTA underscore Team underscore Lead on Twitter for giving us the great feedback. Um, really appreciate the support. I, it seems like you're enjoying the, the planning podcast. So I hope you like this one as well. Yeah. And I just always, I really, when, when I get a tweet that's specifically responding to the things we're talking about on the podcast, it, it, it just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And maybe Nick sometime would like to share, uh, his plan for a vacation with us.
0: Yeah. Some tips, tricks, yeah, suggestions, all that, all awesome. the like. And of course, all, as always, uh, Disney Gratitude One, always interacting with us.
1: WDW Mini Bar.
0: WDW Mini Bar, Allison. Friend. yeah, She doesn't even know it. Yeah. Um, Magic Lamp Vacations, a new follower, been interacting a lot with us. It sounds like they can help you if you're planning a Disney vacation. You might want to reach out to them. And just so many. So and many
1: to Kevin, the And don't bird forget Kevin, the from Don't forget Kevin.
0: <laughs> i mean
1: the guy who came on <laughs> his uh the mouse knows best
0: yeah the mouse knows best podcast. yeah they're great um there's a lot of great disney podcasts out there and i really appreciate because i feel like we've been welcomed into the family so yeah thank very, you guys very nice all right well i think we'll wrap it up for today garrett what are your closing statements
1: ostrich ostrich there you go
0: and with that we will see you all next week bye Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week.